Hey guys, Joe here, the guy who never pays the one, and I'm here to talk about UFC Fight Night, Andrade versus Blanchfield. And with the performances of the night, it gave me something to talk about, which is great, because, you know, uh, it's really nice watching a fight card and, you know, having something to talk about instead of just going, so you guys watch The, the Sopranos lately? <laughs> so enough talk, let's get to the fights. Because our main event of the evening was Jessica Andrade versus Aaron Blanchfield at Women's Flyweight. Andrade came in on short notice uh, to replace Talia Santos, I think like a week. I think I heard about it last week. And so she just comes out gunning for this young, super hot prospect, Aaron Blanchfield, um, just swinging. And so Andrade, I've always lovingly referred to her as the female version of Vanderlei Silva, like without the tie clench, really. So just big, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wah, wah, hooks just coming at you and you know some kicks in there I would I love when she throws an inside low kick because that's like literally allows her to step in doesn't throw it enough but when she does it makes her offense that much smoother and she's also Andrade also has been kind of just flopping in between divisions just fighting whoever and beating people and killing any hopes that they can get a title shot like Amanda Lemos uh, I haven't been with the INC like I've been with the INC less than a year, right? And I remember covering that fight, recapping it. So, less than a year ago, Jessica Andrade, standing arm triangle choked, Amanda Lemos, who has an argument for the title, but it, her argument is killed, in a, for at least for me, because that was less than a year ago. Kind of hurts. Hurt, hurting divisions, honestly, by this jumping. Coming for this super hot prospect in Aaron Blanchfield, and... What does Aaron Blanchfield do when faced with the test of big bombs coming at you from a long range away? Hooks, wide, just these wide shots. Straights down the middle, pop, 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 coming in, knocking the head back. It was really like, you know, Andrade has a very good chin, so she was taking him, and it was actually kind of funny, like, seeing her throw, you know, like, and kind of toss up like that. Um, and if I'm going to cr critique Yair Rodriguez on it, I got to critique Andrade here. Um, Blanchfield was... Getting popped every once in a while, though. Like, her striking defense isn't quite there. She's 23. Makes sense, you know. How good can you be at 23? Um, and just getting tagged. Getting clipped a little bit. Not a ton. Maybe, like, four shots landed clean. But they were hurting, obviously. Because Drodge, super power in her hands. Um, but for the most part, Drodge just getting outstriked. Aaron Blanchfield kind of coasting on the straight punches coming down the middle. Smart game plan. It showed she had good composure, things you want to see out of a prospect. Great stuff. Second round, after being unsuccessful getting it in the first round at the end, I believe, she does get the takedown. From here, she's in full guard. Easy pass to half guard, easy pass to side control. Full mount, takes the back. Or no, from side control, Andrade tried to kind of spin out and got her back taken. Her naked choke, it's over. Very, very impressive win. And after the win, Blanchfield calls for a title shot. Now, in the preview show a while back, I said Aaron Blanchfield is the future. The future implies later on. Okay, not right now. All right. I think there's some holes in her striking defense right now. That was kind of shown here. And I don't know if she's ready for Valentina just yet. I think if she keeps us improvements as we've seen, it keeps adding more things to her game by next year. She could be champion, right? Like, she could be champion when she gets a title shot next year. I don't know about right now, personally. I I don't know. Um, 
That said, I was really interested in the Talia Santos matchup because I was curious. Talia Santos, very strong, you know, at this division already. For at the division flyweight. Very strong flyweight. Um, and Andrade is strong well, but, like, the one week, like, how's the gas tank going to be? Some questions there, you can argue. So I was really hoping for the Santos matchup to see if Blanchfield could get her down. And if Blanchfield can get her down, well then, you know, I, I would be a little bit more confident uh, picking her in the Valentina matchup. But let's not rush her yet into it. But she, what an incredibly talented young fighter. And I'm still going to stand by my statement of Aaron Blanchfield is the future. Today I don't feel like doing anything. I just wanna lay in my but in our co-main event of the evening, we had Jordan Wright take on tough runner-up, Zach, I want to say Pauga, right? But it's not. Um, I will say this about Zach Ponga. I really like the guy. I've actually interacted with him on Twitter. Really cool dude. I'm a big Magic the Gathering dork nerd, whatever you want to call it. I love it. It's my, one of my favorite things on the planet. He plays. I've Every time I've interacted with him, it's never been about fighting. It's always been about like, hey, how do you, how'd you build that deck? Oh, I was doing it this way. Yeah, yeah. Really cool guy. Really nice guy. So I could have a ton of bias here. But I do think he was actually doing pretty good in this fight against uh, Muhammad Usman, um, who he fought in the finalists at heavyweight, not at 205, at heavyweight. And he was winning, I thought, until he took the left hand on the chin. So I was actually ruining him for him here. And so, again, some bias. But round one, a lot of grinding. Zach Punga is just kind of holding him against the cage, lands a huge elbow, nasty cut, like right here. It was awesome. But that was really about it. Second round, more of the same. And the reason is, is like, Jordan Wright is just kind of backing up in a straight line, like kicking, trying not to get clenched. But you're, then you hit the cage, and then he just clenches you, or he changes levels, gets on the hips, then comes back up for the over-under, or, or, or double, double underhooks or over-under uh, clinch. And from there, same thing. Um, third round, a lot less clinching, much more striking out in the open. And Punga actually just kind of, you know, coasting on striking, just landing good singleton shots when he needs to, never staying in range for too long for the kicks of Jordan Wright. I thought he looked pretty good, good feinting, you know, I, I like that. And that's stuff you kind of want to see at 205, because at 205, there's not a lot of, like, longevity, longevity right there, right now. It's a lot of people who are past 30, and Ponga is as well, but a lot of fight mileage on him. Like Anthony Smith, look at how many fights he's had. So, realistically speaking, how much longer is he going to be here? Uh, I love him to death. Jan Blahovich, how much longer is he going to be here? Uh, Glover, just retired. So, you know, there's some things. We have some older fighters, and you kind of want to see someone who doesn't have a ton of fight years show up, and especially someone who is showing off skills. I, I criticize heavyweight and light heavyweight for being the unskilled divisions. You want guys who can show some skill in these divisions and aren't just pure athleticism or strength or anything like that. Uh, so I think it's a good idea to always keep an eye out for the next guy at 205 because this is a division that needs to grow and needs to be cultivated in, in this time, almost like a rebuilding period, I guess you could say. Um, we, we kind of, we've, we've been kind of doing that for women's flyweight. I think 205 as well needs that. So that's why I always kind of stay on the lookout for guys at 205 and at heavyweight to kind of lead the next charge. But then let's talk about William Knight and Marcin Pracnio at 205. So this one was really weird. William Knight did nothing except get kicked. It was super weird. Pracnio came out. He's circling and just kicking away. He was using this really good inside low kick to kind of stifle 
anytime William Knight tried to press in and step forward. He did it early on. And after, you know, that worked, he just didn't want to do that anymore. He just kind of wanted to plot in, get kicked. And this adds up. Like, a lot of kicks. These kicks were flowing like a river. Just constantly. Head, body, legs. Especially the legs, honestly. So what did William Knight do? Uh, he said some stuff at one point. Um, he kind of just, like, went, like, really? Come on. That that didn't do anything. Like, at one point he got kicked in the body and went, like, really? You think that's going to do something? Because, I mean, William Knight, to his credit, incredible physique. Him and Alonzo Minifield got in the cage. That is the beefiest, like, Vince McMahon beef I've ever seen in, in the Octagon, probably. That's the beefiest fight ever. Um, but then he just got kicked again, you know? So I'm not a fighter. Not a fighter, not a coach. I trained for years in martial arts. For a long time I trained. So you can say what you want about this, but, you know, all that. I have no idea, though, what his game plan or what adjustments he was trying to make at all after you realize the game plan Progne was going out with. Maybe there was an injury with one of the low kicks. I don't know. Maybe a body kick. I don't know. But there was no kicking back because you want to jam those airways and you want to press forward and you want to kind of crowd the kicker. You kick a kicker and you crowd him. That's what you do. Because kicking off your back foot when you're backing up is really hard. It's really awkward. Um, you kind of just have to hold your ground and hope they step into a straight kick. And even then, there's a lot of like ways of dealing with that. Because when you're crowding him, you're probably expecting that. Like It's a whole mess. I, I love kicking. I was a kicker. It sucks when a guy just tries to walk you down. You know, Make you learn how to box real quick. And none of that. You know, I mean, this is all stuff I said, but Josh Emmett didn't do. He had the same game plan. Like, what, what's going on here? I don't know. But credit to Marcin, though, as you could argue that this was as much of a... I think everyone's saying, oh, Unite didn't do anything. Well, I think you can argue that this is a Marcin win. Because getting kicked a lot sucks. And that had to affect and cause more inactivity. Maybe he had the game plan, like I said, and got an injury to the leg. Who knows? Um, the kicks were very varied and were pretty gorgeous for the most part, especially some of those low kicks. Oh, I love low kicks. Big low kick fan. So, you know, I was like, all right. Broke the record for most low kicks in a three-round fight, by the way. Awesome. Awesome stuff. For the rest of the card, oh, man, I wanted to talk about this fight at length for a while, but that William Knight fight was just so weird. I just kind of had to talk about it. The Alex Hernandez and against the absolute legend, first ballot Hall of Famer despite never having a belt, Jim Miller. Um, I really hope Jim Miller, I think he's at 40 fights. I think it was his 40th fight, if I remember correctly. But he said he wanted to have 45 fights and then end at UFC 300. I don't think 45 fights is going to happen, especially with how bloody this fight was. A lot of visage and time off to wear and tear. So I, he's probably going to be his 41 fight might be his last one. And I really do hope it's at UFC 300. I think he deserves to have... Uh, a spot on a massive milestone card. He deserves to leave on a card like that, I think. I think you could even make him the f featured prelim, and I would be happy with it because of his legacy and everything. And finally, Felipe Lenz got a 49-second KO over OSP. Just massive left down the middle, hurt him, swarms, drops him. It's cool. it pretty good. It's pretty good stuff. But that's it for me. Next week, I will be recapping UFC Fight Night Krilov versus Span, 
and uh, you know just kind of keep turning out these Apex cards. But here's the good plus side: it's the return of Tatiana Suarez. So pumped to see her back, honestly. Like I thought this chick was gonna just crush everybody back then. And then injuries, you know, happens. So I'm really pumped for that next week. And you know, let's be honest, I'm, I'm kind of awesome. <laughs> but if you want to see more of me. I am on the main channel, of course, on the Retro Review series. I always bring it up because I, I I like the fact that I'm on the main channel as well. Um, retro Review series. I love doing these. I have a lot of fun with them. I got to finish one this week and send it in. Great stuff. Go check them out if you haven't. I loved it. Um, well, I'm Joe with the INC. Thank you for watching.